Thank you for joining me for another Quick Hits Conversation. I'm Dr. Robin, AKA Mental MacGyver. I provide luxury level high performance support and coaching to executives, founders, celebrities, and athletes. With me today, I have Tim Hawks. He's the Managing Director of Unlimited Potential, where he is a mental engineer and executive coach, focusing on logical and practical solutions to challenging problems. And I have Dr. Cole Galloway. He's a recovering academic working in social justice and disability, primarily with babies as the founder of Go Baby Go. The question I have today, how do you keep a team from undermining or sabotaging a top performer? And this question came up for me and I thought about it from when I was in college. As a top academic, I got really good grades. Other students would try to keep me from doing as well and, and would actually shame me for doing well because I was ruining the curve. And I see this in the corporate space as well, where people who might be your average performers don't want your top performers to achieve because it makes them look bad. So what are your thoughts on that? So I think this is a hugely challenging question because uh, from my point of view, I, I guess, you know, let's take your example, Robin, which is a good one. Uh, you say, how do we keep the team from doing well? Let's take the viewpoint of the other members of the team or your other classmates, for instance. Well, they've got no vested interest in changing, so they won't. Mm -hmm. uh, let's take you, the high flyer or top performer in this example, who's interested in changing? No one. So they won't. So I think from my point of view is that there's, what angle do we come from? Now, if we come from the angle of, an, of a manager of that team, then I think that then starts opening up a whole load of questions. But if we come from the angle of, being in the team, then I'm not sure it can solve it itself because why would it want to? Yeah, I immediately also go to infrastructure that what Tim's talking about with managerial or leadership, taking a look and see if unintendedly by policy, by infrastructure, either hidden or explicit, if there's something that's making this conflict worse, not that the high achievers shouldn't keep doing what they're doing and not that the average achiever, like Tim said, may not want to change, but I, I think we do have situations. I saw it in academics a lot where, uh, maybe this has a corporate analogy as well, where two department chairs are needing resources and the dean will let them fight it out instead of just providing the resources. They would just bang, 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 bang. So that leadership vacuum of just backing up and letting people bang don't let your average and your top performers bang around that just that's bad for everybody that that above average performer will leave if they don't feel satisfied too so for example in that in the academic situation reminding everybody that the top performer if i grade on 100 and the top performer got got a 95 then it actually helps everybody by explaining the infrastructure and why it does that. And maybe even removing infrastructures that pit people against each other. I saw that a lot, like intended or unintended, managers and above sort of having policies that pit maybe unintendedly, and it just erodes everybody, top performers, average performers, um, not a good situation. I've said on Quick Hits before, I worked in a job once where my boss gave the poorest performer a bonus. And as a top performer, I was offended. And I went to her and I'm like, I don't understand. I'm your top performer. Why would you give that person, your least performer, a bonus? And she said, we're trying to motivate them. <laughs> and there's an argument to say fair enough to that, isn't there? I think uh, on the back of what Cole said, I think you know, comparison is the biggest killer of human creativity. So mm -hmm. if we get into the business of comparing that person's different to me i'm better than them i run faster i get better grades 
the only outcome for that as an individual. So this is my message to you listeners out there. If you're in the business of comparison, you're in the business of killing your own human creativity. Stop it. I'm trying to sort of work this through because if you remember at the beginning, I said, from whose point of view is this is this relevant? But actually, one of the ways of doing this is, is if we all had a common purpose in which we all contributed, then it, the difference between our abilities and our agilities would become less important, providing we all contributed something towards this common purpose. So, for instance, let's say in your school, the common purpose was we between the 30 students in our class, we had to get this many points. Suddenly a high achiever is helping us. You know what <laughs> but- happens? People who are happy with the C grade will do nothing because they'll know that the high achiever will pull enough to get them a C. Yeah, there's a bit of history coming out here, Robin. But, a lot of uh, history coming out. I know how this works. <laughs> I think there's definitely something about common purpose, particularly in a corporate setting. So, for instance, if you've got a mixed group of people, one of the best things you can do is say, right, let's set a common purpose, something we can all hang our hat on and start going towards. Um, and then suddenly the comparison between us becomes irrelevant and we start looking then at what have we got that can complement our behaviors and our activities such that we become a unit. I need to go back and listen to Tim again um, and read between the lines as well as that mission and mission from the ground up as well as top down. Um, Is that C performer, um, like Robin alluded to, really somebody that's kind of a weight, a drag, and um, has lots of issues in and out of work that just make them constrained? Or is that C performer feeling like the mission has drifted away in your high performance, it just matches and that C performer is not. In academics, mission is often top down, mm-hmm. even for faculty. And I bet corporate wise, it rarely, go ask the average performer, what do you think we should be doing? What, what actually taps into your superhuman abilities? And then maybe you could find out whether that C performer is just dealing with a lot of stress and other issues, focus and motivation, or if there's just mission drift and you can capture that C and make it an A. I'm thinking about the the quiet quitting, the idea that I'll do exactly what you pay me to do and nothing else. That all has to do with people showing up and having a job. And we need people like that, that'll show up and just do a job. That's great. But if you want people to be more than that, you have to give them a reason and you have to give them a reason to be an A performer. As you said, Cole, mission is a big part of that. And Tim's point and your point, it takes time and passionate leadership. You got to get in there like Robin and be a mental MacGyver for for individuals. I bet that's at least part of the problem here is leadership and trying to figure out what that mission could be. I agree. I think there's there's a huge perception, isn't there, that there's a from management, leadership, uh, parenting, whatever it might be, someone in a mentor type role is a is this sort of, I, I present in one way, this is my way. And then when you sort of say, well, there are different people out there that do things in different ways. Have you considered flexing your style to meet that need? You're met with the, oh, that's exhausting. Why would I have to do that? Um, rather than interesting, sounds challenging, I'll take that challenge on. And I think, but you're right. If you could, as a leader, meet each of your people in their space, you, know, you might have your agile salespeople, and then you might have your detailed perfectionists, uh, never the twain shall meet, and yet the team needs both. Who's going to pull this team together? If I take the corporate setting, it's the manager, and the manager really does have a responsibility to to flex their non-prejudicial views on their staff and give them what it is they think they want, or, or maybe even 
work with them to give them what they want. And so therefore the detail person who may have got a C in a non-detailed subject, it now becomes an A plus in their detailed subject. I might be good at skateboarding and not be very good at, I don't know, fine art. That makes so that makes me a C in one and an A in another. So what we need to do is seek the A in everybody. I shall write that down. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. I do think there is a way for leaders to make their high performers targets. And that is if you're constantly putting your high performer up and being, be like this person, this person's awesome. We like this person, do this. You're going to make them targets for sabotage. Again, experience speaking. That's part of that unintended. You think you're pushing the A person up as a role model and you're putting a target on them. So it's unintended conflict. And I can hear the middle managers going, yeah, if I had time. So it's not, it's everybody serving someone. So it comes from the big top down. Do we care about each individual? And that's, that's where so many of these quick hits get back to. In modern corporate, do we care about each individual worker? Or not? And are we well, willing to we have the conversations? Needs? So can we meet their needs? I mean, one of the big things that sort of everyone's on about, and rightly so, is in the neurodiversity space. And this it's hugely challenged, isn't it? We're not experts in all the neurodiversities that are out there. We we can't be expected to be. No one's asking us to. And yet, you know, we have to meet the needs and be accessible and inclusive and all these things, and which I totally agree with. But it Again, it feels and sounds exhausting, doesn't it? Well, it's always me that's going to say, well, I'm always the one that's going to have to say, but actually uh, you must. And, um, and I, I go to the phrase here, people, people say to me, oh, you can't please everyone all the time, Tim. And I say, yeah, but you haven't finished that phrase. You can't please everyone all the time, but you must try. That might be exhausting and a different topic for another top quick hits conversation because that is our 10 minutes. So thank you so much for doing this with me. And I look forward to speaking to each of you again very soon.